start chatting about what just happened. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frostside Chat, our weekly live stream post-session discussion where we talk about what just happened during D&D. This is the chat for session 79. So if you've not seen that session yet, please go do that because there will be some spoilers here. I'm your DM, Eric. And joining me, we have all Robin's player, Chris. Hello. And Edmund's player, Raymond. Hello. Um, We did... Uh, the second half of the chain lightning game first. Yeah. Uh, which uh, now that you we kind of talked about it a little bit in the other frostside chat, I don't know how much to repeat that, but I, I don't have any either your thoughts changed or we, we we got we got like some not clarifications, but we got some further like adjudication of the rules. Yeah. Which is interesting. What we didn't quite hit on, and I'm curious to to know from you. If somebody just blatantly, I mean, we kind of got got this. Like, if you blatantly just break the rules, you get blasted by the towers. Yeah, you look like. But could we could we have like conceivably just won that way? Like, just all ca- started casting like magic lightning spells to eliminate the magen, and getting blasted by the towers, but still eliminate the enemy. Would that be a viable thing to do? At one point, she was uh, Frey was about to do something that I was like, I, I was curious about her javelin of lightning. Yeah. It's like, I wonder if that's going to count. Like, if that's going to be like, okay, she gets blasted by the towers, but she still eliminates the enemies. So it's like, she's fouling, but she still gets the point. I met, you know, it was tricky. It's one of those things where I kind of would have adjudicated during the session. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have a hard and fast rule about that. Like, what if they produce their own? Because my thing was, well, if they produce their own lightning, they're not going to get fouled for it. But if they do that, does their effect still go off? And do they still get to do right. their thing? Right. Uh, versus being punished for it. So I don't I probably would have played it with a case by case basis and like if I okay. if I really enjoyed it I'd be like, all right, that does work, but you also get fouled for it. The idea was the first time you get fouled, it shoots um magic missiles at you, which deals damage, but then isn't technically eliminating you from the game. It's like a yellow card, like a warning. Oh. And the second time if you foul, which is what she was going to do, it sounded like, then it starts just shooting straight up lightning at you. And uh, in in okay. it trying to eliminate you essentially. I see. So you can just be eliminated by fouling. But what I hadn't decided I, okay. yet that, is... That would have been, that would have been interesting. That, that, yeah. that kind of answers the question. It's like... like yeah, everybody gets one like warning entirely. call, which is the magic missiles, yeah. and then the other one it starts shooting straight up lightning bolts at you. Okay, okay, yeah. But I wrote that you get to make a save against the lightning bolt, because that's how D&D works, and then right. I think I would have it be like every round it then tries to eliminate you or something. Gotcha. So you could just be like that, like kind of rebellious and run around and, and do right. it. Right. Um, get hit. One thing I guess I didn't touch on, and I, I mentioned this during the stream, was I didn't actually upscale the... Well, first of all, this is all... None, none of this... I mentioned this form. None of this is in the book. This yeah. is all me making this up. Yeah, you making that up. But I used the, the Galvin Majin stat block as the base stat block, and then I gave them... Um, what was there? I think they had a plus six to hit, which felt good, and yet, God, I couldn't fucking roll worth shit to where they that, literally that self-eliminated themselves. Just, I know, it was a bummer. Rolls. It was a bummer. I mean, you guys have pretty good AC, but with a plus six, like, come on. It was so... You were rolling a bunch of, like, six and sevens and eights. And it was so deflating. I mean, we, I... We it, weren't rolling yeah. below a 12 ever, so it was... Yeah. I'm looking up their stat block. Um, So they had a plus six to hit with the wands. They had a plus four on their athletics to grab the things, which it was a DC 15. So they had a, what, 45% chance or something to grab it each time. And yeah. I think I did worse than that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, like 25% is worse. I think I only got it. I think I remember two times they were able to shoot their wands. So two times they were able to grab it. And both times they shot, they literally did so bad that they shot themselves. Yep. 
which really was pain. One of them had advantage too, and it, they both shot themselves. Yeah. One of them eliminated themselves. The other one just eliminated one of their own um, mirror images, which I did decide not to give them all mirror images. That would have been just really tedious. Uh, right, and I, right. I tried to space out like what all they were doing and things. And but yeah, you guys made it. it just I, I think the mechanics were a little solid. I probably needed to work out a few more kinks, but it was just I I probably should have either beefed them up somehow or maybe tried to use slightly different stat blocks which was my idea like maybe i've got some athletic ones really good like like let only or i just got bad luck with the dice i don't know yeah yeah, i mean that's that's also true but i think i I think your first idea that you were talking about during the stream was a really good idea like let three of them be just like not casting spells just beefy like you can do the athletic stuff yeah they have better stats but they don't have the ability to cast like blindness and hold person yeah yeah Uh, the other three be the ones that are good at using the wands but also the ones that can do the the the, the spell stuff. Yeah, I, I think that'd be, but make them better at each thing. It would have so, been interesting. Yeah. It would have been more bookkeeping on my end, and I already had a little bit extra because I had all these mm. rules to keep track of and the trident. So it would have been that's true. Yeah, interesting that's true. to see how well I would have been able to keep up with that. Uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, I, I thought it went fine. Um, it hopefully didn't last too long. Although it did take two sessions, so that's kind of weird how you determine how long something lasted. But I think it was just cleaning up today. It didn't take too long. It kind of felt that way. I, I, I guess, yeah, I'm reiterating oh, the fact that I wish it felt more competitive. I was impressed uh, two of, of of y'all got eliminated, but one of them just because I think she was fouling <laughs> enough times or how that worked. Chris got frozen again. That is not as good of a frozen image for Chris. <laughs> I do not have a two-person camera one at all, so our camera is going to be messed up in a second. I might have missed it, but did we win something for the game? Yeah, you, uh, you won the trophy. Uh, the trophy is worth a... Uh, shit ton of money and mm. i will go ahead and tease that it might be used for something else oh interesting so and if we had lost then we just get nothing if you look hey just put it in the chat um if you lose you can still try to get the trophy but you would literally just fight the mage and fords what i had it written down like they would be celebrating with the trophy and then i'm sure frey or somebody would be like i would just go fight them for it like and it just comes a, a combat fight when you could totally do that and then all bets are on the field and and then it that is when it technically matters how much damage that you've been dealing to them because i was keeping track of that on their uh sheets the fact that they did take some of that lightning damage yeah in that case then it would have been important to uh, scale them up yeah true but ultimately, I didn't. I just used the regular stat block, which is uh, from uh, the book, actually. the uh, Those different kinds of magens are already developed in the book. And yeah, I didn't mess with it at all. Uh, I just gave them the wands, basically, as part of their stat block. Yeah, they were just poor rolls. Yeah, that was a bummer. It, it would have at least been fun to have a few. Because all they have to do is, you know, hit it with the wand. So, like, two times that opportunities, and both times just failed miserably. So that, no, that felt bad for me. <laughs> it would have been a little bit more competitive. Uh, but you guys honestly played it amazingly well with uh, using everybody's stats and just rolling crazy good and dominating. And like an actual team, you know? You it was! Even though offer. you didn't necessarily know how the rules <laughs> went. Right. Uh, and then we had a few scenes in the city itself. Uh, we had the... the uh, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, we had a bit of a Far Realm incursion happen which uh, it was me basically doing the Hunger of Hadar spell, but scaled way up, so bigger radius, bigger Mm -hmm. damage, all that stuff. Although I still rolled really bad for damage again, oddly enough. It was like eight damage or something? Yeah. It was pretty bad. (laughs) 
Yeah, and it's funny as I wrote down, like, okay, this could be interesting if it's pretty big and the players have to get away out of it, but then as you guys explained, like, we all have ways of traveling, like, really quickly, really in effectively. In one round, we could all go, yeah. like, 80 feet. And Which it's is like, oh, okay. really <laughs> a unique trait of this party, I guess. You guys have, like, insane movement abilities across the board. Which is very impressive. Yeah, or just, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Things we can do. Without even really using magic, either. Right. Um, then we went to the... We got some more progress done this session, actually. We went to multiple places. Mm -hmm. we, had, we went to the uh, the college, I guess. The school, House of the Arcane. Right. Um, which is just one of those fun, like, hey, there's a magical thing you can mess with, and you guys don't quite know what it is. You kind of have to almost just use... Like the scientific method and and a little bit yeah, of ballsiness to go for it. I did, I did it. get the sense about halfway through it that we were putting more thought into it than than you wanted us to. I was like, all right, well, he just wants us to like get on. Oh, with you're it. trying to figure out if it's a puzzle or not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were. I like, mean, I want you guys to thought, explore the space, we but to, I, what, yeah. what you don't want to do is necessarily have the players go down these long rabbit holes without any payoff. So you kind of have to yeah. course correct a little bit yeah, from there. So like, like you guys spending a lot of time on the windows. Let's just move on to the goblins. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the windows, do, uh, they have a little bit of functionality because yeah. you can roll, and then I guess you can see what their roll is going to be. You can tell what you're going to be. Yeah, I was just yeah. using that same roll system. We're just not used to... <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> We're not used to eating and drinking things in this game and getting good benefits. Isn't that you know? funny? That's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 All about it. Back-to-back -back, uh, areas happen to have really good buffs. Uh, or like, like if one person gets it, it's like no way he'll let us do it for everybody else. Uh, right? Yes. You exactly. remember? Do you remember we had that fountain in uh, Tomb of Annihilation? PTSD from that fountain. <laughs> and like, and like the first, you, you made your NPC drink from it, and he's like, "Oh, I feel great. This like healed me up." And then somebody else drinks from it, it's like acid burning down their body. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great uh, uh, environmental thing because it literally had like a table of good and bad things that could happen. Right. And yeah. both of these though were all good things. Like the the charms were just like, hey whatever like it just depends on what cantrip you get and then the uh the feast was it is the that is the hero's feast spell which we've never seen in our games i think oh, but there is okay. a spell i forget what level it is that just conjures a feast it says you have to eat it for an hour but you guys were both eating it and then you started interacting with other things like well i'm gonna go give you the benefit now or else i'm gonna forget about it and it's just gonna be weird right, to give you it right. like after the fact so just gave it to you but yeah both uh both good food things um yeah. and then the rest of the tower <laughs> um it to be fair it's kind of an awkward puzzle this is uh, obviously another tower from the expanded towers of magic mm. um i did like that this one was mostly puzzle and environment based and not combat based yeah. although <laughs> tease for next time possibly <laughs> um instead it just has a bunch of things you can interact with and then a very odd puzzle to which you don't know that the familiar is part of the puzzle. So the thing that this puzzle is supposed to be, which admittedly it's it's kind of wonky, is it changes its shape every minute or so. And then the the gateway, the dimension door to the other tower level becomes active every minute or so, I believe. Um, and then the, the challenge of the puzzle is that the person who's pushing the buttons doesn't know which buttons they actually are supposed to push because it's supposed to be a random sequence every time. So whenever it's... The familiar is just randomly changing forms. I'm literally just rolling the table in, in yeah, public view. That. I'm just yeah. randomly rolling the forms. And then Edmund just happens to be pushing those buttons and he's... And 
when he pushes the button, it's also randomly changing the familiar's form. So the puzzle is supposed to be that the person pushing the buttons doesn't never doesn't ever know the sequence, but everybody in the other the room, is. the other room would immediately know what ne next one you have to press because yeah. they're seeing the familiar change the form. So the solution is you have to be able to communicate with that person even though mm, the dimension doors, but yes, do that. yep, that's what the so puzzle what is supposed to work. So what is the solution to that then? I'm not sure what we would have done in that like correct to do it correctly. If only one of your party members had telepathy. <laughs> like, I think three of your party members, at least two of them, uh, I guess can communicate true. telepathically. But I'm sure there are other ways you could have come up with that I don't even think of, but any huh. methods of any kind of communication or something like that. I guess that. I was also assuming that it was, like, either either not a different dimension, but some distance away. Like, that that, that kind of, like, yeah, more normal, like, telepathy-type stuff wouldn't work, because it's, like... I don't know the way the way the the I was imagining the door. I was imagining like it's a portal to some other place. Oh, uh, okay. I I don't know like mechanically was it supposed to be like just the second level? Yeah, like just, just a floor up. Okay. Yeah. So the idea is you know all the towers are, are themed with their magic. So obviously conjuration. They use dimension door to get around. Um. Oh, and the solution to the door outside, which, which was it, it locks whenever you get within five feet of it. It literally unlocks when you step back from it. Um, the solution is to use something like Mage Hand to uh, operate uh, from afar, and then it is not locked anymore. But it says yeah. if you do anything else other than that, then the other trap goes off. <laughs> <laughs> I, missed, I missed that part. I had to walk away, but... Yeah, how did I get in? Uh, it was a door that locked whenever you approached it. Yeah. Um, and then they had... Uh, uh, Robin cast a spell magic to turn it off, uh. but then that triggered the uh, trap that summoned like a... Oh, we never had you roll for that, didn't we? <laughs> we forgot about that. Oh, right. <laughs> you were supposed yeah, to roll a, a deck save. Fire, a bonfire. Yeah, a bonfire uh, appeared on the that. ground. Forgot what was... Uh... And then the door opened after that? Uh, that was yep. the door to get in the tower. Yeah. And then right, after that, after you guys... In the which... bonfire, then it was opened? Yes, yeah. yeah. So he dispelled the magic which locked the door, so he was in, but... Because you used a different method that still activated Which the trap. wasn't that bad if you compare it to, you know, the giant fucking construct that was walking around outside. Like, uh, Yeah, were you there for that, Edmund? Damage. I don't remember. Wait, were, the were, you, were you there for the construct, Edmund? Uh, Raymond? <laughs> the, the one walking around? Yeah. Yeah, he just walked around, right? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, had, I had like a cutscene, basically, where he killed a bunch of uh, Nothics oh, yeah, running around. That. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't do anything about the bonfire though. Yeah, that's. I think we're. I think we're just thinking like getting getting into the tower and taking a little bit of fire damage to get in. Yeah, you guys ducked inside. Fight that construct who was coming our direction. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was fine. Yep, and then inside there was the hero's feast, which was just yeah, you guys can chow down or not, and you get the benefits. There's that magic item that or that weird chest thing you can get, which produces things. I feel like that's. that's an it's a neat idea. It would be really fun as like a low level uh mm. thing to give people. It's like, oh, I can make all these interesting things. But at high level, it's like, I mean, it's cool, but it's you know, I mean, it doesn't require we got, too many we got things. Other so ways, it's, we got it's other an, ways of solving problems. Yeah, it's an exploration level. thing. But yeah, it, it feels like at higher levels, it, it kind of falls off uh, quite a bit. But I thought it was still thematically. I didn't change it from what was in the expanded towers of magic because it felt very thematic to the Tower of Conjuration. Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there weren't any notes about know, how... Is, is, is it an item that we're, like, not expected to take with us? Because I, I was reading, I was like, okay, it's, a, it's like a full-on box that, like... Is... I mean, you can. We never care about encumbrance or 
or anything like that. That's like, true. I know it feels fakey to be like, well, where do I put this chest? But like, I, I, mean, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times you can just sort of like, like hand wave it. It's like, okay, I got it strapped to my back or whatever. But like, this is like a box. Yeah. Yeah. Carrying around this chest. Yeah. But I mean, in any RPG, like, hey, if I've got encumbrance in space, yeah. I'm putting it somewhere, you know, yeah. shoving it in my ass, but I've got it. <laughs> I didn't expect you guys to gl- uh, focus so hard on the familiar, and I thought it was funny. Mm. And, and when Frey was like, I pick it up and throw it in the, I was like, fuck um oh, nope yeah. it resets like <laughs> that's a good solution just like, yeah because yeah, i can't i can't have you break not... the puzzle this way <laughs> yeah so it just resets it, it's literally just supposed to be a puzzle it's supposed to be a thematic puzzle thing is again a conjuration familiar and all that right but it almost adds more complications in terms of the players when you interact with it Right, we, we, I I assumed it, it would it'd be a sentient creature we could talk to. Yeah, and like I, I thought maybe that like the story was like that it was a familiar of whoever owned this tower and that the owner died a long time ago, so it was just a yep. you know an unknown familiar. So All reasonable guesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead, the thing yeah. you can talk to is a is a fucking insect man, a, and I assume a demon because you described it as like. Being circled by a bunch of runes. I was like, that's a demon thing. <laughs> that's a demon thing. <laughs> yeah, and this is one of those funny things where it's just like, I left this completely open-ended on terms of how the roleplay goes, how, like, friendly or hostility it goes. Like, it's... Yeah. I don't know who's going to be in there to talk to it first. Like, right. everything's up in the air. So I had very few notes on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're saying to dispel the runes, but Emmett can't do anything like that. Right, right. He doesn't have a... It, it doesn't know that. It just sees you as a yeah. competent oh, no, spellcaster. I'm telling you now. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> that's why I was trying to get the wolf to bring Val Robin in. Because I, yeah. like, I think Val Robin could dispel magic. But no, Frey had to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait, we're not done with this I room. was. I didn't know you were going to accidentally break the puzzle. So I didn't want to go in the room and have the floor drop down. <laughs> Val Robin would... Farron can't fly. He would actually fall into the tentacle. Yeah, so you literally just randomly... I, I just brute forced the puzzle... Because I'm just randomly rolling to what the creature changes to each turn, which is the correct answer, and it just happens to line up with all the buttons that you pushed. That's, that's so you funny. literally just brute force the puzzle. Now and it's, it's not like he cheated either, because he, he said all, he said what he was going to do before you rolled. He did, which the, I respected. The, the yeah, because I was worried at first. I was like, okay, wait, how do I actually avoid metagaming here? Because I'm just announcing what it is, and you don't know the information. But you're like, no, this is what I based on this. Is like, all right, that makes sense. Um. Yeah. Based on what I saw. Based on what you saw, and then you, yeah, you declared it before. I was like, all right, that makes sense. It, I think it worked out for me because both times it started snake and rat. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's, it's a standard order. And I was getting standard standard order, snake rat. (laughs) Huh? What's that? Standard order, snake rat. (laughs) Right. No, no, that's remember when you're telling us right when we walked in, you're like, oh, it's a snake. And I did, yeah, that's true. I, I did, I had it written down in my notes that it was uh, a certain, just so I wouldn't have to sit there and be like, oh, it turns into this and this. I was kind of had it written down. We lost Chris again, by the way. <laughs> a much, oh, a much better, better frozen reason. image, yeah. <laughs> it is hitting him fast and furious. I was so confused. I was like, I know you said owl, and so it didn't work. So I was like, all right, yeah. let me just flip it. And it just worked out that, again, snake and rat were the first two. I mean, it's. I, I suppose it's not impossible to brute force. There's only four possible right. buttons, and they can't repeat. So there's not like an infinite number of solutions or anything. But could the start have been different though? Yes, like, absolutely. Right. I was just randomly determining each time. The, the whole idea is you're not supposed to ever be able to, like, you know, 
sit there and like follow it, like write down what it's doing because it's literally just random every time, including when, when the person starts pushing the buttons, then it flips to a random one every time. So the whole solution is somehow the person who sees the familiar transform needs to be able to communicate with the person pushing the buttons is the idea. Or you just randomly luck out and push the right buttons, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which it worked, so it's fine. I mean, it's we got yeah. through the you know, the the worst case scenario is is everybody's stumped and they're like confused and not wanting to like interact with the puzzle in some way. So I'm okay with you um brute forcing it or stumbling on the solution or even really treating it like, oh, this is really easy, we got it. Like that's fine. To me, the only bad puzzle is one where just nobody has a clue. And it just becomes this bad experience of like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. That happened, I think, one time in our Tomb of Annihilation campaign. One of the shrines, I remember, where everybody was just so confused and so lost. And I think we just had to start making like intelligence checks or something to try to figure it out. And then you hilariously pissed off the creature inside, which I did read... I don't, I don't know how much, I don't want to get into metagaming about what the spell is affecting this creature, but I did make sure to read about how it works and the fact that it can interact with things outside of it. It's not, so it's not like a dome or a force field or anything. It's just somehow it's preventing it from leaving, but it doesn't prevent it from actually like reaching across and interacting with things physically. But you didn't know that, which I loved. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, that's you know me testing it out. I'm yep. like, all right, is this like a force fuel? Will everything just you know evaporate as it goes through? Yep. I don't know why it exploded though. I don't know if you can tell me that, but because you said the ink bottle exploded. Well, it, it hit him. Like I just figure it was that's what it would do. Oh, like like a glass ink bottle explosion. Oh, you, no, I guess I overplayed it. <laughs> you just mean the bottle exploded, broke, and he got ink on him. That's what you meant. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought it went in. And oh, it exploded on the... No, I'm sorry. No, that's not what I meant. I meant like it... Yeah, it hit him. Like it went through and hit his body and then like exploded over his body uh, and got ink on him and then he thought that was a, a, a an attack. <laughs> no, I, well, I, that's what I thought too. I was like, oh my gosh, this ink bottle exploded as it went through and now he's pissed because he... He got hit with a bomb, essentially. Right, yeah. No, no, no. This, Yeah, it was just the fact that and it was supposed to clue you to the fact that physical things can pass through the barrier. And then God. it was if you were throwing like a bomb at him and he was like responding with oh, a tech force. I'm, I'm curious what Chris thought when he gets back. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that helps. I, th- I thought it magically turned into a bomb. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll find out next time how, how far he can reach. Yes, um, it's a funny situation because normally being trapped in an area is a death sentence for a creature, but you are literally in a very tiny tower that is like, what, 10 feet, 15 feet across? <laughs> so uh, depending on its reach, you are not in a great shape. Oh, there are doors around, and I did mention the fact that the... And, and there is a door to your right, by the way, that nobody entered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's still another door to be had. Yeah, he's got a spear, so he's probably got a 10-foot reach, so there's nowhere to hide. I guess that is a good guess. I did mention the spear. Uh, Chris mentioned the fact that he's not coming back this time, and I think we have just about exhausted this session's worth of material. Uh, we made a lot more progress than we did the last like two sessions, so I'm pretty pleased about that. Um, but as Reese was saying earlier before uh, we got on, I it's still hard for me to tell how many more sessions we have. Um, I mean, this is I've already said we have eight towers, this one is the second one. 
Dalish and Nass will do some of them, but clearly you guys have some more to do, and then obviously all those extra little places could be uh, more things as well. So all right, I think I have one more question. Then. Yes, go ahead. Do you intentionally plant that 1,000 GP ruby? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Part of the story. I actually... Well, I'd have to go back and look at the... I don't have the book pulled up. Um, uh, I... That's exactly what Chris needs. He it needs is. I, I, I probably did change it. So I think what happened is it is full of uh, various treasures, and I probably replaced or modified some of the treasure with the ruby. That would be very good, just coincidence, if it was in there. I know I added the scrolls, the spell scrolls. Um, the serpentine owl was, I believe, there already. But I think I did add the ruby. Yeah, I usually try to pay attention with that stuff, and I, I try to add loot that uh, uh, you guys would care about and modify things from there, so. But yeah, right. that, is a, that is a good question. And yeah, it's funny that he was begging for that fucking ruby like twice over, and I was like, it's patience, Iago, <laughs> patience. Good oh, thing you, you remembered it. It was in there? Yeah. Yeah, well, it, well, the thing is, I didn't know you guys were going to go there. I just knew I put it in, you know, it's in Etherin somewhere, but I had no way of knowing you guys were going to go here next. I had a pretty good idea because... You know, it's probably going to be, uh, you know, it was the closest tower, so I figured you'd be there pretty soon. But technically, I didn't know you would be there, like this session, for example. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that will do it for this week's Frostside Chat. Thank you to Chris, who's somehow still able to uh, watch the uh, chat, even though he's not able to get back in here. Uh, and Raymond, and thank you to all the wonderful fans for watching, and we will see you next week. Bye.